friends, it's summertime. And if you're living on a homestead, it can kind of seem like everybody else is going on vacation, but you're stuck kind of a slave to the homestead stuck mm-hmm. with the animals and um, best case scenario, the rest of your family goes to the beach while you stay home to take care of the animals or something else. But we've got some other ideas for you and join us today as we talk about those. Hey friends. Welcome to the schoolhouse life where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics and all things family, faith and farming and we're eager to teach you what we've learned everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle we're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too untrapped that yeah am i yeah uh a little bit not really no i feel like we've got a good system um over the years we've had um good vacations and we've gone out of town for extended periods i mean we left the country for a month the month of may the month of may at the time i thought was ridiculous and even after we got back i was like well that was kind of foolish but (laughs) (laughs) it was a great time yeah well well worth it well worth it um in that time like we can just start there we had like 10 sheep and all the animals dogs do we have chickens? Yeah, we did. Chickens. They were kind of like free range, though. I remember. Yeah. Roaming all over the place. A garden, a pretty mm. decent starting garden. It was not too long after we had like just destroyed the whole entire garden area, though. Yeah, we just in the remodel. So we finished. took a garden. We didn't have drip set up yet, so we took one of those like garden waterers on a tripod. This is what not to do. And put it on a timer, and put it. So that it would come on once a day and spray like the entire area. And then it rained for the entire month we were gone. Not only that. Oh, yeah. Not only the that. The sprayer fell over at one point, And the person checking our homestead did not know that. So every day it came on and sprayed our back door. That was a wooden door <laughs> for like 15 minutes. And <laughs> that... Ruined the door. That ruined the door. We're still trying to figure out how to make... How to salvage that door. Five years later, four years later, whatever. It's still trying to figure out how to fix that door. Um, Then the sheep, we packed up on a livestock trailer and took them over to our friend's homestead. And he watched them for the entire month for us. Yeah. Which, that worked out really well. That was way better than having someone come by. Because... The other thing, the fear that I'm sure you probably have. Oh, it's happened. Is that you drive six hours, you get it to the beach, you're relaxing, you're chilling. And then you get up the next morning and someone calls you and says your sheep are out. That's that's happened. That happened to us. We've had the sheep out. We've had the sheep dead. Well, we've, we've had a little of everything. Almost the sheep being dead was not as bad as that time. You remember that time we were at the Outer Banks and I can't that where we were. Yeah, somebody called us and was like, "Your sheep are out." Yeah, like all of them. Wasn't our friend Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, we were like, "Oh no!" So step number one is have some good homestead friends that are community. on call. Yeah, community. Have I mentioned community? In in this case, it was actually our. Like 80 to 90 year old neighbor. We don't know exactly how old he is. About as old as the dirt around here. And we called him 
And he went over to, he's like, you know, within eyesight of our place. He went over there and all the sheep thankfully had run into our barn because they knew that's where the food was. So he just went over there and closed the door behind him. And that was it. Then we had another friend that came over and got him back onto grass, I think. Or maybe we left them in the barn. I don't know. But that that worked out really well. So I would say that most of the time, if you have backup friends, good neighbors, you've built a community, you don't have to drive the six hours back to take care of your mm-hmm. what has happened. Someone can help you out. And I think the part of that looks like trading also, you know, like when, you know, making sure that your other friends know that they can go out of town. It goes and around, you'll, comes around. You'll yeah. watch their animals for them. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's kind of the negative. The other thing we've designed is we've designed systems where like when we go out of town, we park animals inside of permanent fences is a big one. So worst case, they get out of their temporary fences, but they're not gone so we can deal with it when we get back Mm. and the other thing is that the systems are kid friendly so that means that you know new user friendly too you know everything that we have is not so complicated that our seven-year-old technically couldn't do it yeah um and that makes a big deal i think when it can be really intimidating for non-homesteader types to say yeah i'll farm set for you when it's like a real like working kind of farm right um but when you bring them over and you show them the ropes and they're like oh your kids are doing this i guess i can probably handle it yeah <laughs> it's really helpful if it's so complicated that no one else can step in for you then then that can be a problem and you know i think a little a lot of it is about control like not feeling the need to control everything which can be hard um but it's definitely been worth the worth the sacrifice, I would say, or worth the like releasing control to be able to have those vacations and take the breaks because, you know, our kids I think need that. If they felt that we were slaves to this property, they'd just resent us. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know? And I'd resent it, you know. So. Yeah. And I think that that is like the sacrifice is interesting because in my mind, when we're leaving, I start planning out sacrifice areas. Mm. So like within the holistic management or regenerative, there's an idea of the greater the impact, the greater the recovery. So a lot of times I will plan spots where I'm going to park the cows or park the sheep or park the chickens that I really want to make a massive amount of impact. And I know that I'm just like not going to use that spot again, like this year. And I'll put them there and just let them kind of in some ways destroy it, but like purposeful destruction in a spot where um, it's easy to access them. The person doing the watering, the person doing the feeding, like doesn't have to get in with them. You know, it's. I would say the majority of people, when they think about a farm, that's what they think it looks like. You know, like the animals are just in one spot and you just go to the barn and, you know, like that. Yeah. That's more traditional like outlook, I think on what, what the chores look like for us, it's pretty different because we do move the animals. So every day you have to, you have to look up and be like, Oh yeah, they're over there. You know? Right. Yeah. And we move the water all over and we would never expect somebody to step in and do any of that for us. No. So we're kind of taking it back to that. Like, okay, you just go and you, you put food in this trough and you put food in that trough and water in this and that, and, and then you're done. Yeah. Um, but to have sort of a backup simple system, um, versus the complicated regenerative system, which takes a lot of work. I mean, it, right. it's definitely a more intensive thing. I think a lot of times people think 
regenerative, rotational are the same. They're not. That would be a whole nother podcast. But even, you know, even the idea that somebody move your animals, the way that we move them is like this is evaluation of the, the land itself. Right. And yeah. we could never expect somebody to step in and do things exactly the way that we do them. But in order to, you know, have a holistic lifestyle for us, sometimes that means leaving this place. Right. And so we have built in these areas that are a good option for quote unquote sacrificial. Yeah. And and I think like one way you can like start to uh, try and whittle it down is um, I always have like a printout sheet that for whoever is going to do our farm sitting of like, here's what I want you to do while we're gone. And if, you, you know, if there's more than like three bullet points under each animal, like generally mine looks like dogs, food, water, uh, chickens, food, water, cows, mm. food, water, mm-hmm. you know, like. If it's more than that, then it's too complicated. And, um, you know, I guess you could hire somebody that was like really intelligent, but then it makes your vacation a lot more expensive. The people that we have that have done this for us are very intelligent. Intelligent to your property? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Experienced, I think intelligent. Yeah, maybe experienced on your property. I will say like recently we have an 18 year old now and she has another job, so we leave, and she just takes care of all the animals, and that has made it Teenagers a lot easier. is definitely yeah. a key element to our success. <laughs> um, having friends is is huge. Having friends with teenagers is even better. Yeah, yeah. In this particular situation, because it is kind of like this, like, droll work that, you know, it's not like they do need much intelligence. They just need to show up and turn on the water, right? And right. Lot, so, yeah, yeah. Just having a teenager that can wants to earn a few extra bucks and can come out and do that is really, really helpful. So make friends with somebody like that. And the other thing is just planning the food and water systems to have enough to last a few days. So we know like we want our cows to have enough water for two or three days, our chickens the same and our dogs the same. So that way, like you're not asking a farm sitter to come out like three times a day, but maybe every other day. Or every couple of days, depending on what time of year it is. And that cuts down your cost. It cuts down what you're asking of a friend. And it, it just makes the overall system easier. That well, way yeah, too. even and we don't have this on our on our actual homestead, but at the lease land where the cows are, we only have to go out every two days. Right. Or so. Two to yeah. three, depending on the season. Um, and the reason for that is because the water really is set up for long-term. Um, and, you know, that's something that I think we've talked about a lot on the podcast is water. Right. Um, and really it all boils down to that because the truth is that the animals need water more than they need, especially usually in the months that you want a vacation, like warmer. Yeah. But that's what they need more than the food, even as they really need access to free, free access to water as much as they can, can drink. Um, and so really planning out those water systems intentionally with the idea that I want this to be so simple that somebody could come in and in five minutes know how to do it. Um, that's, that's a huge part. If you have to move hoses from, and we've done it this way, yeah. from one spigot to the next and you're carrying a, a hose around the property, that's not something that anybody wants to ever do <laughs> right. for you. Yeah. So, you know, to, if it's as easy as lifting a switch or just checking to make sure that the water is filling on its own, 
even better. You know, right. That's yeah. My mom came out last time to water the cows, and she's like, "I have to drag this hose all the way across the pasture." I was like, "No, mom. There's a hose right next to the trough." And she calls me back, and she's like, "Oh, it's like right next to the trough." I was <laughs> like, "Yeah, like you walk out there, you flip on the spigot, and it fills the trough." Like that's how easy it should be for your farm sitters. Yeah. You know, and. Good for you. I mean, if yeah, on a daily basis right. you're shuffling hoses around your property, <laughs> yeah. that's a waste of your life. <laughs> right. Anyway, a, and that's not what anybody signs up for when they're like, oh, I want a homestead, i.e. shuffle hoses around my property or carry buckets, uh, even worse. Like, yeah. that's not what any of us wanted to do. So let's eliminate that need. And if you're listening, you're probably like, oh, I've been there. Yeah. Or you, <laughs> you, are there. you might still be there because it was not all of that long ago that we had the epiphany that like, we could own more than one hose. In fact, we should own more than one hose. So, <laughs> and they should be good hoses. Yeah, and they should be good hoses. I mean, let's be real. Like a good hose is like 50 to $60. I mean, it's not yeah. cheap. But but it's a one-time yeah. spend instead right. of multiple $12 hoses. Or buy like two a year. You and know, also like, we've discovered is that black pipe stuff is super cheap. The poly pipe. The poly yeah. pipe. And if you run a main line, this is really the most beautiful system, a main line that you can tap hoses into, then duh. Right. Right? Like, so like across our pasture, every 100 feet, we have a hose hookup that goes through black poly pipe across our entire pasture. So that anywhere on our pasture, we can hook a hose up and with a hundred foot hose, we can reach wherever the animals are. And um, that has been a game changer for mm. us. It all comes down to water, people. I feel like we've said this. Water and community. Water and community. Water and community. That's the, <laughs> that's the key to Dude. leaving your homestead. <laughs> <laughs> ah, broken records. Right. So listen, if you want help with that, designing that system... We would love to come out to your property. We do in-person holistic homestead audits. If I'm you're getting excited just thinking about it. I know. If you're far away, we can do it online. We also have a new round of the Homestead Mastermind coming up, which is like a small group of people that we coach through an entire um, homestead plan. And you kind of leave with like a holistic management, regenerative management um truth be told you'd be permaculture certified by permaculture the certified yeah it, it's a really fun program where you kind of you make some friends i mean it's intimate and it's um intense like we really help you design your homestead specific oh, there's homework yeah there's homework <laughs> and there's zoom calls and there's crying and cheering <laughs> is there any crying i don't know probably um but if that's something you're interested in, we would love to work with you. The schoolhouselife.com has all of that information. The next round of Homestead Mastermind will be opening up um, July. I July? Think. I think it's July. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. And let us know your questions. Let us know if you're going out of town and hey, also, you need some help. I don't feel like we ask enough, but yeah. we need a favor. Yeah. We need you to share this podcast with people who could benefit from it. So... If you know somebody who is struggling to leave their farm because they just don't have a system set up, let them have a listen. Yeah, and that makes it so that we can make more podcasts about how you can leave your homestead. <laughs> Thanks for listening.